Welcome to A Savoured Life, a podcast that inspires you to live a fulfilled life with mindful writing, intuitive cooking, and creative inspiration. I'm Sumaya Osmani, your host, and I'm here to help you on the path to a slower, more savoured life. Each episode is filled with creative expression, freeing our preconceived ideas that hold us back from fulfilling our true potential. And that begins with allowing ourselves to trust our instincts to achieve creative fulfillment. In this episode, we are joined by a guest who brings to life the concept that creativity can offer you a safe haven, a place to express love, light and loss. Our guest today is calligrapher and bookbinder from Inky Square, Gail Jolly. Gail is based in Oxford and she makes a range of handbound notebooks and albums, work with glass blower to create messages in a bottle, and takes calligraphy and bookbinding commissions. The connecting thread in her work is to use paper and ink to tell stories beautifully. So I'm really pleased to have Gail here because I have been watching her work on Instagram for quite a while and what I find about her work is there's a real connection and depth to her story. There is obviously the paper that she works with, the bookbinding that she does, but also the words that she puts down in ink, most beautiful absolutely emotive calligraphy and I really wanted to find out the story behind her work how she found her journey to where she is a point where she's creatively fulfilled and also expressing her own personal story in the work that she does. Hi Gail welcome to A Savoured Life. Hi Sumaya thank you so much for having me. No, it's an absolute pleasure. I'm really excited to really talk about your journey to calligraphy and bookbinding and generally your creative life and how you got here. So I'm going to start by asking you a little bit, you know, going back into time a little bit and asking you where you grew up, uh, because obviously you're not British. You're not born in England. I can tell from your accent. Neither am I. Um, and I just love to hear where you grew up and what your childhood was like. Were you were you open to creativity? or was this something that came later? We can get there, but let's start with where you grew up. I am from France. Uh, I grew up in uh, the suburbs of Paris um, in a very small town, um, right by a forest. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was, it was a very happy childhood. I have the kind of rather rare, uncomplicated, happy family, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I wasn't, I mean, all children are creative, aren't they? All humans are creative until we tell ourselves yeah. that we're not. Um, but exactly. I definitely wasn't the artistic type. Um, I could never draw very well. Um, not musical either. Took piano lessons. I was terrible at it. I was I was more <laughs> academic, really. Um, so, yeah, it's not something you always hear those interviews with or read interviews with creatives where they tend to say, oh, I was always so creative. That seems to be um, the most common story. And that's, yeah, that wasn't the case for me, really. Um, I guess writing was the way I did express myself. I loved reading as a child um, and, you know, writing little stories as well. It's something I developed more as a teenager but nothing, um, nothing in the visual arts, really. Amazing. And it's interesting that you say that because 
you're right so many people's stories begin when they're young but obviously you must have had some some sort of inclination there that you came to it later but I'd love to know you know what brought you to Britain and and when did you move here and and what is it that you moved for? Yeah so I've been in England for 23 years so just half my life now just over mm-hmm. half my life um it's a bit I mean the short stories I moved yep. here uh, because I met my husband I was already planning to come and study in the UK but by the time I moved um I was moving permanently because I'd met him um and that's what brought me to Oxford specifically as well because that's where was where he was from so yeah love is the answer to that really mm-hmm. And um, and so what started you, uh, what were you doing before you found your creative journey? Was it something not creative and then you found creativity? I'd love to know, you know, because it's so interesting. Some people obviously have always done creative things and I personally also, you know, always long to do something creative but didn't. Um, so I'd love, but I did later. So I'd love to know how, how it came that you came to where you are now. Yeah, so in terms of jobs, so I kind of went in and out of things quite a lot Um, spent a lot of time at university as well um, studying various things uh, I worked in the heritage sector for a while historic conservation and that was something I was very passionate about and, and really wanted to pursue um, but then uh, life got in the way um, first it's a very difficult sector to get a proper career into because it's very very competitive and full of absolutely brilliant people um, <laughs> damn them um but uh yeah also my my husband uh got ill and uh, I wasn't particularly happy with my job anywhere at that point but I was also commuting to London from Oxford and it was all a little bit crazy and I decided that it just wasn't my priority anymore and um I then moved to working in communications in Oxford no more commuting um nice secure job um I you know it was it was a perfectly nice job I had um absolutely fine lovely colleagues incredibly supportive uh managers and it had some creativity to it because you know communications do a lot of writing bits of Mm -hmm. design and I've always done a lot of that in in other jobs as well but it just wasn't enough and alongside all all of that in terms of my creative part if you want to call mm-hmm. it that I think so I talked a little bit about how I um I did write quite a lot when I was yeah. in my late teens so a lot of journals terribly bad poetry uh, lots of letters to friends <laughs> back in the day when we wrote each other very long letters and I thought that was my thing but then when I moved to the UK I effectively switched languages mm-hmm. and even though I was perfectly comfortable in English I, I did a different kind of writing. I didn't have the same relationship with the language. So it was all, you know, academic essays yeah. and, um, you know, then marketing copy and all that kind of stuff. So I felt I lost it. Um, I could still write, but I just didn't feel it was really my thing anymore. And so then I, and I also did have that sort of taste for visually beautiful things as well. Mm-hmm. And there was a part of me that wanted to be able to make but I felt I just would never have the talent to do it. So I think I turned into doing more, um, I guess, collecting and curating. Mm-hmm. So it was all focusing on my clothes and you know, spending 
far too much time thinking about uh, what I wear, which I still very much do. Um, my home, you know, thinking about paint colors and furniture and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And and then um, I also I did always have this. I always had this thing about letters and paper and ink, I suppose. And printing, like I love typewriters. When I still, mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was a child, I would borrow my mom's typewriter so much so that my parents gave me one as a present one Christmas because um, I just love playing with it so much. Um, so I kind of looked into to that direction a little mm-hmm. bit. And like I said, my jobs often involve quite a bit of uh, doing design as well because I never had a budget for anything, so I always did my own. So I was kind of looking into typography and all that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that was the first direction I went into because it felt like it was some somewhere where you could create something yourself, but without having to actually do very much with your own hands. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, so I did both. Uh, I did a letterpress printing course, then did a bit of lino cut printing at home, mm-hmm. and I also had a blog. Well, didn't write very much in that, like a photo blog mm-hmm. of. Um, signage that kind of thing typography out in the world out in the urban environment so that's 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 where I was for quite a long time just finding my way that way Uh, but Uh it was still very much more about um yeah about collecting things if that makes sense yeah yeah um, and, and then it's it's so, you know, it's interesting. I, I was listening to you and I was just seeing like there was, a, it sounds like such a journey because I think it's about that seeking, that seeking something that fits with you, seeking that part of creativity that really expresses you completely. And I think that what you were probably doing that whole time was getting to where you are, but in a in a very beautiful way. Because I think one of the most incredible ways to come to your own creative voice or finding your own creative voice is by creating curating beautiful things and Mm. curating things that give your life meaning or express you so I think that this is a really lovely story because what you do now is an amalgamation of all that beauty that you probably curated but it's your expressionism of it and and I love that so actually this this brings me to how you know, your love for reading and your love for writing obviously was in French, but, you know, words are words. And and the way that letters look on a page is, you know, it doesn't matter which language it is. It is the beautiful script that is so attractive and, you know, and kind of nourishes you. So I'd love to know, so how did then this entire journey of finding beauty, surrounding yourself with beauty, come to a point and come together where words and paper and ink joined in the story for you yeah so I I so calligraphy is the way it's well not started so I was already playing about <laughs> around a little bit with printing but the thing about calligraphy it's one of those um I think it was becoming when well, modern calligraphy was starting to become more popular so we're talking around uh 2013 14 around then I think um maybe a bit earlier so I was I wasn't even on Instagram at the time but I was kind of following blogs and I was on Pinterest and so I was aware of it and um it was one of those things that I'd love to do that but I obviously couldn't do it I would be terrible uh-huh. at it um and and actually that's I think that's one thing that 
I think everyone should just have a go at things. Like I have yeah. done this so often to just put things off, assuming that I would be bad at it. And mm-hmm. actually what what you're really drawn to, there's usually a way to make it work for you. It may mm-hmm. be that the thing you're attracted to, um, you end up not being very good at, you know, but there will probably be a way to um, for you to find the right tool or the right you know, the, the right version of it for you. Um, so after for a very long time thinking I would never try it because there was no point, <laughs> I did eventually mm-hmm. give it a go. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of it goes back to just, you know, when, I don't know, maybe it's, I, I think, maybe it's a little girl's thing in particular, but, you know, <laughs> liking your, your handwriting to look nice and neat and yeah. comparing it to your friends when you ask something, oh, she's got better handwriting and trying to copy what they're doing and that kind of thing. I think mm. I'd, already, I'd always liked beautiful handwriting, which I don't have. Um, so it was, it was very appealing and, um, yeah, all about words as well. I do love words. I love the shape of letters. Yeah. So I did eventually take the jump and, um, and uh, do a, an online calligraphy class. And I wanted to say, I was almost put off by the standard <laughs> advice that you hear a lot from calligraphers. And it is very well meant and it is correct, but it nearly put me off. It's this idea that, oh, don't worry if you don't have nice handwriting. It doesn't mean you can't do calligraphy because calligraphy is all about drawing letters, which to me was like, well, I have terrible handwriting and also <laughs> I can't draw. <laughs> This is not encouraging. And it is true, but it is not drawing in the sense, you know, you don't need drawing skills to draw letters. So if you ever, you know, if anyone has ever heard that and thought, oh, that sounds even more scary, um, it put you up. Um, So, yeah, I had a go just thinking I would be bad at it, but it might still be interesting. And I absolutely loved it. And it just... um, yeah, I became quite obsessed with it. I remember um, commuting on the coach to London and just drawing letters in my head and then drawing <laughs> letters in the air, you know, just just practicing uh, the movements and thinking of different ways to shape them. Um, and, yeah, it, I, I was trying to think about what it is about calligraphy. And I think, in a way, it's true of many, it's true of bookbinding as well. It's true of many creative things. It's true of photography. It's it's a way of spending time with whatever you want to express. So with calligraphy, mm-hmm. you're literally spending a lot of time on the words because yeah. you can't do it fast. I mean, some calligraphers are faster than others, but you can't, you can't, you can write fast, but you can't do calligraphy fast. So it forces you to slow down and yeah. to spend time with the words you're writing. And that can be something very abstract that you just um, do it as a mindful exercise of just focusing on the movements. Or it can be very reflective, uh, depending on what you're writing. Um, yeah. So, That's... yeah, so I think there's some there's there's something very powerful about that. And it's true of many creative um, creative activities. Absolutely. And I think you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, the whole idea of it being this mindful practice, this this moment where you disconnect from, you know, your life, your, uh, you know, things happening around you or in the world. And you're just so immersed in this moment of creating something 
that needs time to perfect, of course, but also needs time to create or to put together. So I think that, you know, I've, I've done calligraphy in the past and I mean, I'm nothing like you, but I did quite a lot of it for quite a few years. And what I found really incredible about it was the therapeutic nature of um, the cavasiveness, you know, like being able to create those curves and mm. folds and, and, and the way that you can actually be quite creative with it, depending on how comfortable you are with your lettering. Uh, and I think that, that mo you know, you said photography, art, everything has this immersiveness and this ability to completely shut down the world and slow the moment down to actually extend time in a way. Mm. And, and in, in so many ways, I think, you know, when we're healing from any kind of sadness or even trying to calm down from a hyper moment, it's it's hard to take the time, you know, because we tell each other, you know, each other ourselves, take a deep breath, slow down. But it's never enough. You know, It's never yeah. enough. I think the real slowness comes from expressing that particular moment or that pain or happiness or hyperness in an act that is like calligraphy. And so I'd love to know how it's helped you personally in your life, you know, because there's a lot of, like I said, your work, you know, to, to, to somebody who appreciates beauty and creativity, I always look behind the story and it's, you know, the in Instagram or the internet is such a flat place, but it can be layered from the emotion that comes out from a creative's hands. And I can see that in your work. So I'd love to feel and understand your story as to how it's helped you, how, you know, calligraphy has helped you personally. Yeah, so that there, there's been two moments, really. So I was still kind of just doing this on the side, not quite really knowing what I was doing with it. <laughs> um, and then... So the first moment, so my husband got ill and then he was he was healthy for about two years and then uh, he his his health took a dramatic turn for the worse in kind of two events. And at that point, um it became it became a way to keep going. So that that's the time when I started taking it a little bit more well, not seriously in a professional term, but uh, in a professional sense, but that's why I'm creating an Instagram account. I also started, set up my website. I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do with it, but I was kind of turning towards, yeah, I'm actually going to make things myself now. I'm going mm -hmm. away from just collecting letters. I'm going to create them. Um, and it became a time which was really tough. Um, we knew he probably, we didn't know how long he had left but we knew it was likely not to be very long his um health was bad generally so um he it, it wasn't a, a case of you know let's make the best of this because um, we're still well it wasn't one of those mm -hmm. um and so to keep going i i used yeah i used that creative time to um to as an escape i think i think it was escapism mm -hmm. In, in mainly um so it was mostly creating instagram posts which at the time were not really saying openly what was going on because um i kept that very private for my husband's sake at the time mm -hmm. but i started using a mix of photography and calligraphy to um to express my feelings and to 
and as escapism as well. So it was a time as well on Instagram when you had a lot of those whimsical um, images yeah. being created. So I did a lot of that too. And my posts at the time always had calligraphy in them. So there was always something, you know, so I would scan them and animate them and you know, do all that kind of crazy stuff. It just was a way of um, having something joyful and meaningful in my life, but also in a way something um, something light, you know, it wasn't, yeah. it, it, it wasn't, I wasn't trying to make a career out of it. It was at that point, it was just, um, just, just a bit of fun, you know, in a way, yeah. uh, but also a way of, of channeling what I was going through. Um, I mean, the professional stuff started happening at the same time, but that was the, the kind of personal side to it. And then the second phase of it um, came after my husband died. And creativity... Um, so obviously stopped doing well. Obviously, um, I I stopped doing any of those things when he was in hospital and at the hospice because I just didn't have the the time, the space to do it, or the will, well, you know, the will to either. I just wanted to be with him. But then after he died, I actually I was I'd been doing a course by uh, Laura Pashby on storytelling. She doesn't run it anymore. She's got this beautiful book out now, which yeah, covers the same kind I have of content. That book. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I would really recommend it to anyone. It's just um, her approach is just wonderful, mm-hmm. and so I picked up on that course again, and just it was just a gentle way to use creativity to just uh, take the next steps in my life, really. Um, yeah. And so I started sharing a lot more uh, with other people about. I started telling on Instagram what was actually happening. And again, calligraphy came into it. I did a lot of, um, you know, uh, writing quotes that were meaningful to me and then taking photographs of that, but also having photos of just simple moments of my life as I found it. Um, yeah. Just, I was just walking around my house quite a lot. And, <laughs> um, so, yeah, going back to calligraphy and photography and just telling my story became um important um and yeah and there are there were also a few things i did which um were maybe even more directly linked to what we were just talking about uh, so for instance i and that was actually the last project in laura pashby's course which was all about telling a story um to a physical object Mm-hmm. And so what I did, I decided to tell the story of my husband's last birthday, which was mm-hmm. not very long before his last admission to hospital. Um, so I printed the photos I'd taken on that day. I wrote up some memories of the day and I put everything together in a handbound book, um, doing the text and calligraphy and just pasting the images in and, and binding it by hand. And there was something so powerful about that. And I, would, I wouldn't have spent that time reflecting on that day uh, if I hadn't had that, um, that assignment to do, I suppose. Uh-huh. But there was something so incredibly powerful about that. Um, and yeah, that's kind of what I'm trying to do 
uh, for other people as well, hopefully with the work I do, kind of opening up um, opportunities to to do that, to spend time with your feelings and your memories and your own stories and making them into something tangible, which has incredible power, I think. I think so. And, and I think that, you know, just uh, when I look at your Instagram feed, for example, you know, it, there is story in every image and the beauty of it is that they all connect. So if you look at one post and you look at another and you look at another, there is a connection. There's a thread of a story of a life lived. So it's more than just beautiful images. There's actually such an emotion and story there that, um, you know, that that is absolutely stunning. And what I love is that then it all every single you know time it connects with your calligraphy, showing, you know, your life force, what's giving you energy to go on, to to create, to express time and life and your memories as well. And I think that's one of the main things about this podcast as well it's about you know people don't spend enough time really connecting the moments of their life you know we're always living to look forward and go and do this and do that but there's so much um, story and life and and energy that you can get from the moments in your life that all connect as a thread and I think that is a beautiful part of you know your story is that there's there's a connection and there's a story and there's a thread and and that is what life is about and and, and creativity is about and and that's why I really want to sort of talk about your own creative energy as to how you preserve it and how you feel you know you stop yourself from getting burnt out because you know sharing your life and sharing your story can sometimes burn you out because you feel like you have to put stuff out you have to you know you have to keep creating or you have to keep putting your you know your little your book binding and your and your beautiful words together so how do you preserve your own energy so that you are able to sort of you know recover and rest and restore yourself Hmm. That's interesting. I, I've never really felt that that was a problem for me. Okay. Uh, I yeah. I to me, it's all a joy, um, and yeah, I've never. I, that's a, that's an interesting thing. Actually, <laughs> I've never thought about it because. <laughs> Because I, I'm not saying I mean, you know, I don't want to make it sound like I'm always incredibly creative. No, it's, it's not. It's not like that. But um, I know that, for instance, a lot of people feel a lot of pressure with social media, which I don't. Yeah. I I, I have a very good relationship with it, and you know I haven't had bad experiences with it. Um, so I just I tend to treat it like I would treat anything in life so if I'm not in the mood I'll just stay away from it you know if if I'm having an introvert moment I'll just will like but not comment or that kind of thing Mm -hmm. so yeah it's a it's I mean the thing is I don't it one thing which is interesting actually is that being creative was my escape for a long time um and so it's always felt like more of a treat than a demand on me. That's beautiful. Um, and I think, and now it's a joy because I don't even have a job anymore. I'm <laughs> just yeah. doing just this all the time. And that's not to say that I'm, again, that I'm just, you know, fantastically productive all the time. But it feels, it still feels like a joy. It still feels like a, 
a huge privilege to be um, spending time on it. Um, and obviously, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't have to um, to balance it out with other things. So that's, you know, I'm in a position where I only have my cat to look after, and she's fairly <laughs> low maintenance. <laughs> so it's, you know, I know it can be very tough for people who are, you know, um, juggling, you know, a full time job and children and all sorts of things. Uh, yeah. And that's not the case for me. I do have all that space which yeah. makes it so much easier when you have yes you don't just need your creative time you need the space and time around it and I'm very lucky yes. to have that um definitely so yeah I'm not sure I have no. that particular <laughs> answer <laughs> no, to this but that's brilliant and it's something to aspire to I think your outlook to your creativity is really inspiring because though you have the privilege of time and less, you know, maintenance at home, you, you've used the force, the life force of creativity to not become a burden in any way, because there's a lot, there are a lot of creatives that feel the pressure of their creativity and they feel like, you know, it's bearing them down because they have to keep creating to make a living. But the fact that you, can still find joy and step away and I think you probably have a very beautiful natural uh, wave system of like walking away when you need to and coming back when you need to and not feeling that burnout ever because you've used it and I think it's also when and how you found your creativity uh, you know it's because it was it was something that was life-giving to you so in a way mm. that energy is still carrying on for you and and I think that's absolutely beautiful and and something to emulate and something to really remember for for many creatives who listen to this podcast that you know there there is a step yeah. away that you can sometimes find you don't need to step away one thing I would say is that I think it's always helpful to have um ways of being creative that aren't your main yes. thing that aren't yeah. the thing that you're trying to make a living out of I think that absolutely I mean for me obviously I use photog photography within for my business but it's also something that I have no intention or ambition to be a professional photographer so I can just enjoy it yeah and also I do other things like I am a very bad knitter but I, I like knitting <laughs> I'm, I'm very bad I can only make the most basic <laughs> scarf you know that Anything beyond a rectangle, I just no. Um, but it's still making something. It's still creating an object with your hands. And having those other things, or cooking for me is the same. It's, you know, yeah. I love cooking, but, I, you know, again, I have no intention of becoming a chef. So having yeah. ways to be creative without the pressure, I think yeah. that's that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. I am totally with you on that. I, you know, I obviously write and I also cook and for me, that's not always the most sort of easy way to feel good and creative. Sometimes it can be a burden, <laughs> but I have started doing photography now and, you know, I've just recently done a course and it's really helped me sort of understand my style and the kind of way I want things to look. And it's actually an expressionism of my creativity, which I know, you know, sometimes I feel like I have words in my head, but I want to be able to take a picture of them. And, mm. uh, you know, and it's really incredible that, you know, you can find so much um, growth from putting your energy, your creative energy into something else that extends the actual thing that you do. And so when I come back to writing, I actually find myself writing better if I've stretched my creative muscle in another art form. Exactly. And 
it's it's brilliant i mean your photographs are brilliant and i would say you your work is as good as any professional photographer but you know it's it's good you know that this is something you do for fun and and and, and, and that's fine <laughs> brilliant but so just before we sort of wind down um when it uh, one of my questions is that you know if someone wants to take up calligraphy what would be your sort of tips that you would say where I know you gave one very good one just just a while ago but just a couple of things that you would say people should look at before they go into something like calligraphy because I think lots of people are intrigued by it uh, but for you what would you say to somebody who wanted to try um so I'd, I'd say definitely find a, a way to learn which suits you so I I learned online for practical reasons, but um, yeah. I think that would probably have been better for me anyway. But there are lots of in-person workshops as well. I think I think we can do that again now. Um, so think about what what suits the way you learn better. Um, maybe do a mix of both. Um, the other thing is there are different tools for calligraphy, so don't get put off if one of them doesn't. You know, I tried using brush pens, which really isn't for me. Yeah. Um, brush calligraphy just looks with an actual brush and ink just looks beautiful. But I just, I, I just, you know, maybe one day. But to me, that <laughs> seems that seems quite inaccessible. I like using um, using a nib. I like the control that gives you. Um, yeah. So it's worth. So if you start learning a certain way and you feel like that doesn't work, just don't. Just don't be put off. Try a different tool. There may be something else that suits you better. Um, again, there are different kinds of calligraphy. So I, I do modern calligraphy. I've never learned a traditional style like like copper plate. Something I'd love to do at some point, but I haven't done it. But again, that's something to consider. So if you think you might enjoy the discipline of learning something that's uh, very codified, like copper plate, that might be more for you or if you want to be a bit freer then modern calligraphy might be more for you and then once you learn you can start you know breaking the rules and doing your own thing but it's yeah I, my my main advice would be well have a look around for what's available to to learn and then just try different things start with what appeals to you and then if that's not quite right just try something slightly different because there there's likely to be a tool or a style or something that does click if it appeals to you to start with, there will be something and there will be a way for you. Yeah, that's beautiful. Excellent advice. Well, I think that is really just been the most inspiring talk. And thank you so much for, you know, taking the time to chat to us, Gail. It was really wonderful to hear your story. And thank you for being so honest about your life and your experiences and how you express yourself creatively. So thank you so much for being a part of the Savored Life today. Thank you so much. It's, it's been an absolutely lovely chat. Oh, thank you. Well, that brings us to the end of this podcast. And if there is one thing that I feel I have really found, I learned from this and, and you know, it's reaffirmed something is that you can find your way to creativity if you just make way for it, if you just make that time for it. And, and one of the most beautiful things about calligraphy, I think that I've learned from listening to Gail is, is that moment to slow down and really connect with your own emotions. Now, if you're looking to find a way to really harness your creative energy intuitively, my monthly membership, Savored, launches next late this spring. And this is going to be a place for you to live a more wholesome life. So finding a community, a sanctuary of calm, 
and it will cover things like mindful writing, living, cooking, journaling, and generally having a community where we can support each other to find our creative voices together. Finally, I'd love it if you could rate this podcast and review it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed it. And this helps others reach this podcast and who may benefit from it. So until next time, thank you so much for listening to A Savored Life with me, Samaya. And until next time, choose a slower life, a more savored life. <laughs>